Well, uh, we want to get into the Word now, and um, I want to review a little bit. If, you've, if you're just joining us, if this is your first week uh, on the series, we started last week a series called Growing in the Favor of God. And so uh, I want to review briefly about that message, and we've, we made some points, but our text last week was out of Hebrews 11.6, and we talked about how even it says in the word that Jesus grew in favor with God and man. We talked about how Samuel grew in favor with God and with man. And we even shared about Mary, how she had the favor of God on her life. And we brought this scripture and we talked about this passage out of Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And the points that I made last week are, uh, are here. Um, the three points w- were that God rewards us. That's his nature. Uh, God rewards us. And number two, we must believe out of that scripture. And those who diligently seek him are those who, 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 gr- who grow in favor with the Lord. And so on this series, what I'm doing is I'm going through definite, different topics or different things uh, to help us to grow in the favor of God. And kind of what spurred this message on was when Kristen uh, passed away of cancer here recently and that we had favor there was a level of favor that we were walking in as a church and and we talked about how we lost a battle but we didn't lose a war but in that process there was favor on us but we desire to grow as a church in a corporate body in the favor of God can I have an amen this is a place of revival this is a place where God wants us to move mountains This is a house where God wants to bring his kingdom to the earth. May his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have seen supernatural things that God has done in this house. We have seen miracles. We have seen the the paralyzed walk again. We have seen the deaf hear. We have seen someone who is on a heart transplant and their heart restored and taken off the transplant list. We have seen God do miraculous things. Can I have an amen on that? And, and, and so we're contending for things. We're contending for God to move and to bring salvation to this region, to, to do supernatural things. And part of that is walking in the favor of God and growing in that favor. And so we went over those three points about the favor of God. And that last one that, that we, really, we really spent a lot of time on, the point number three, was this, that, that favor and reward, uh, literally, we, we, we realized that love is unconditional right? God's love is unconditional. He loves you. And I, and I made that point last week that I'm not talking about that God doesn't love you. God loves you unconditionally, but favor does come at a cost. And that's not what we want to hear. We we really want to believe that, that, that all that comes, whether we obey God or not, but favor does come with a cost. And the, and the cost is starting here in Hebrews eleven six, 6, where it says, favor comes to those who diligently seek him. And I shared last week how casual Christians do not attract the favor of God. It's just the way it is. Casual, nominal Christians do not attract the favor of God that moves mountains. You have the favor of God that comes upon you through salvation. I'm not trying to take away from that. You have a reward in heaven because you have Christ in your heart. But what we're talking about is moving into the supernatural things of God. That kind of favor does not come to casual Christians. Can I have an amen on that? We showed that in the scripture last week, and I'm going to continue to press forward in that. His love is unconditional. His favor is rewarded. Favor comes as a reward. Favor comes from God. And that scripture is what we used to talk about that last week. And so if you're taking notes with us uh, as we go through this journey, these are the points that I want to encourage you to begin to talk to, to write down because you must believe that God rewards those who diligently seek him. You must believe in him and you must be diligently seeking him to attract the favor of God on your life. And so you need to begin to write these things down and ask the Lord, you know, to show stuff to you in your own heart. And today we're going to go into a different point, number four, and I'm only going to cover one thing today. And this could be actually a tough one. Everybody say tough one. 
Does anybody love tough ones? <laughs> but I believe that what I share today will actually set us up for the remaining things that we're going to talk about as to what attracts the favor of God to our life. And so I really believe this is one of the important ones. I think number three is another one that's very important, that we have to be with those who are diligently seeking God. But this one also is a tough one, but it is one that uh, I believe will pave the way for us in the rest of this series. So here's where we go. You guys ready on number four? Point number four is growing in favor with God. Radical humility attracts the favor of God. Say that with me. Radical humility attracts the favor of God. Say it again with me. Radical humility attracts the favor of God. So the passage that we're going to break down today is out of 1 Peter 5. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead there or your smartphone, go to 1 Peter 5. We're going to look at that scripture and I'm going to begin to break that down and show you how truly humility does attract the favor of God towards your life. And uh, humility is not a fun thing. Uh, you can either humble yourself or you can be humiliated. How many have ever been humiliated? Uh, I call that when uh, you don't listen to God and God kind of pops your bubble and there's a, a level of humility that comes on your, your life, and uh, that has happened to me before, but I, I like it when uh, I obey the Lord and I choose to humble myself. Anybody else want to go for that today? That's what we're talking about, be choosing to humble ourselves, and so we're going to look at this passage out of 1 Peter 5, and uh, we're going to break this down and talk about how humility brings favor to the Lord, or favor to your life. So it says, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Everybody say one another. Because. Everybody say because. God opposes the proud but gives grace or favor to the humble. We talked last week how favor and grace is used often. The same Greek word is used. And in this case, it is called, it, it were, in the NIV, it says favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. In what? Mike even began to allude to that a little bit during worship. Do you know in due time? And so there is this waiting. Even Lincoln mentioned being patient. Sometimes when we, op when we step out in humility, sometimes it takes a little bit of time before the favor comes your direction. Anybody ever experienced that? So we're going to break this scripture down out of 1 Peter 5 today. And I'm going to define humility, I want to define pride, and I want, to, I want us to, to take a look at how is it that you and I need to clothe ourselves with humility? What is a God looking for from the believer? How do we clothe ourselves with humility so that we can understand what humility is, what we can understand what pride is? Because uh, when you walk in humility, that is when you are the most like God you guys realize that? When you walk in humility, you are most like God. But I have a really strong statement. When you're walking in pride, you are most like Satan. Everybody say, ouch. When I'm in humility, I am most like God. But when I'm walking in pride, I'm most like the enemy. It was he who first fell from heaven because of his pride. Adam and Eve's issue was pride. And you and I, pride actually comes very, very easy for us. You know that, don't, it? don't you? Because it was part of our sin nature. But humility, it says humility attracts the favor of God. And in this scripture, it says that pride, uh, oppose, God opposes the proud. I put the word resist, but really the word here is much stronger than resist because I can resist my wife if she wants to do something. But I, you know, but this word opposes literally has some really strong connotation in the Greek passage here, in the Greek word. And the word oppose here is much stronger. It means to, that God turns against you. Does that bother anybody? That God withstands you that God battles against you. Now, wait a minute. God loves me. How is God ever going to oppose me? I don't know about you, but I have been in a place where God has opposed me. 
and I've gotten into striving, I've gotten into self-effort, I've gotten into performance, I've gotten into trying to do things and make things happen on my own. Has anybody ever done that in this house? All the rest of you are fibbed. Oh yes, he loves you. Oh yes, God's love is unconditional. But pride makes, uh, makes things work against you. And things begin to break down. Striving begins to happen. And, and I think the, the best mental picture that I, and, and we hear the phrase, it's like going upriver with one paddle. You know, uh, if you've ever been in a canoe and you're trying to go upriver, it just doesn't work very well, does it? Everything's difficult. But when you're flowing with the river and you're in that canoe, you can make a whole lot of more headway, can't you? What would you say there, Ashley? You want to share that with the congregation? Everybody hear that? <laughs> Forgive me. I got a squirrel, a squirrel. You know, have you ever thought you just can't catch a break? That maybe God's just not hearing your prayers? Here's what I want to say. Pride can cause that. Pride can cause that. Things just don't turn out the way they should. Guess what? Pride can cause that. Here's what I want to say. Pride is demonic. Pride is demonic. Pride is demonic. Pride is deceptive. Satan is deceptive. Pride is selfish. Pride is narcissistic. And most of us are operating in it in some capacity in our lives. See, I can't talk about humility without talking about pride. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so I'm going to talk about both of them today, and we're going to do some comparisons between pride and humility, and you're going to have an opportunity today to begin to look at some things about humility and, and, and some things about pride, and you're going to be able to begin to see where am I at in the process of growing in humility because I believe you have to identify it. And why do I say that all of us have a level of pride in us? Number one, we are still clothed in the flesh, right? But the reason I know that is because of the level of favor that we're not walking in. There is always more favor. There is always more power. There is always more God's presence than we currently have. We currently have as much of God as we want. We currently have as much of God as we want. If we want more God, then that's where the diligently seeking him comes into place. And so there is a sense of urgency in this hour that we're in that God is trying to increase the urgency of the season that we're in. And he's trying and he's working on getting our hearts right. He's working on purifying us in this season. Would you guys agree with me on that? Because he is getting ready to make us very productive for the kingdom of heaven. There are some things God is doing in the earth and he needs an army of people who walk in his favor, who walk in his anointing, who walk in his power to demonstrate his glory to the earth because the world is getting confused, the world's getting fearful, the world is wondering, is Armageddon getting ready to take place? Are we in the end times? There's a lot going on in our nation, in our world. And we have answers. Can I have an amen on that? Here's what Proverbs says about pride. Powerful. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. That's strong language. Is that strong for anybody but me? That word abomination literally means to be detestable. It's like, man, how can I be loved by God and be detestable? <laughs> Proverbs 16 goes further, and it says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit, which haughty means prideful, before a fall. It is better to be lowly in spirit, humble, along with the oppressed, than to share plunder with the proud. God hates pride. Everybody say, God hates pride. I mean, if you go into Proverbs, that same ch ch chapter 16, uh, me and Jacob Willis were studying this, this even this Monday night. It, it, it talks about six things that God hates, seven that is detestable. 
And one of those things that God hates is pride. A lying tongue. And it goes down seven things that the Lord despises. So would you agree with me that it would be important to discern when we are walking in humility and when we're walking in pride? You think that might be a good thing for us to discover today? Anybody want to discover that? If you don't, feel free. The door is there on the right. I get it. I, I am going to make you feel good at the end. I tried to help you last week with this. I tried to kind of lead you into this by the homework last week. If you'll remember the action plan for last week, I'm not going to ask how many did their action plan, but it might be pride if you didn't. Because <laughs> pride would say you don't need it. <laughs> But we won't go there. But last week I tried to help you with that. And you were to ask yourself, where do I see God's favor in my life? And where do I not see God's favor in my life? And so you, we, I shared a little bit about where God was not, I did not see favor in my own life. And we talked about a couple examples last week that you might have. It may be your health, it may be in your relationships, maybe you're in conflict with rela in relationships, often maybe with your spouse, maybe with uh, your family, your children, maybe coworkers, maybe people at church. Heavens to Betsy, we never have problems in relationships within the church, do we? That never happens, right? Never happens. Well, guess what? If you're having problems in your relationships and you're in conflict a lot, guess what? Guess what's knocking on your heart? Guess what's operating? Pride. Pride. If you can't get your bills to match and you can't pay your bills from week to week, guess what? There's some pride in the way you spend money. It's just what it is. Pride is there, always knocking on our doors. And God wants to take and he wants to uh, break some of that stuff off of us so that we can walk in humility because we want to attract the favor of the Lord, right? But here's the deal. Pride comes so stinking natural. Have anybody ever noticed that? It's part of our sin nature, and you are already clothed with pride as soon as you're born. I've got a 12-month, well, 13-month-old granddaughter, and I can tell you she came out of her mother's womb with a lot of pride on her. As sweet as she is, and I love to cuddle that little sweet thing, and I love to give her a kiss, but man, does she have an attitude. Man, when she doesn't get her way, does she have a way of pitching a fit? Anybody have any children like that? I'm sure no teenagers in this house are that way, except Benjamin Prattle over there. He's raising his hand. You wear it, pride, we wear it daily if we don't cast it off. But we must identify pride, we must resist it, and we must kill it. Everybody say kill it. In order to walk in the favor of the Lord. We must get the deception of pride off of our lives, and we must take pride, and we must unclothe ourselves of the pride. What we tend to do is we walk in pride most of the day because we like our way, and then we'll put on humility over the dirty rags. And so we keep pride on, we keep our way of doing things, my, 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 and we keep those clothes on, and then we get convicted or we think, well, we need to be a little more humble, and then we put the clothing of hum humility on top of that, and it doesn't work that way. The Bible says that we have to take off pride. You have to take it off. And that sin nature, which naturally as we get born again, the process of sanctification, the process of becoming more like Christ, actually starts to take place after we're born again. It's amazing when you get saved. It's almost like God answers every prayer. It's like... And because this pride has been removed from you, and there's this humility, there's this brokenness that you're walking in, and the favor of God just pours into you. 
And then something happens when you're saved for a while where you begin to take on the credit of your salvation. You begin to think that, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm something. And a lot of other things take place too. I'm not just saying that's the only thing that takes place. So this whole thing is, the Bible says in that passage in, uh, in Peter, that we're to clothe ourselves with humility. And so what is humility? I mean, when you, when you, I think all of us have a perception of what we think humility is. But what is humility? And what is God wanting us to clothe ourselves with? And so literally the word in the Greek means to bring yourself low, to lower yourself in rank, in importance, in status, to serve. C.S. Lewis said it very, very well. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. What's that mean? It's not that I think I'm a dirtbag. It's not that I think I'm lowly and I have no value or no quality about myself. It's not that I think less of myself as a man of God. It's that I don't think about myself all the time. Joyce Meyer, I like what she says. She says, a humble person does not think more highly of themselves than they ought to, but they also don't think lowly of themselves either. They just don't have themselves on their mind that much. So humility is about you not being on your own mind all the time. It's about you having something else on your mind, that there's a different motivation of your heart. That something else is motivating you besides your own thoughts and what you want. Does that make sense? Yes. Humility is not self-focused or motivated by self. Humility is God-focused and others-focused. Everybody say others-focused. Someone who is humble seeks the good of others, whereas pride seeks the good of oneself. How it benefits me. Humility rejects self-sufficiency, and pride seeks its own way. Its own way. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I like my own way. <laughs> I like my house cleaned my own way. I like to take care of my car my own way. I like my food my own way. So what I want to do is I've made a huge list, and bless Alex's heart, he's made some copies for us for the end of service if you want one, or I can actually put it on our Facebook group page, because you're going to need this for your homework at the end of the service. But um, I've made this huge list where we're comparing humility with pride, okay? And you're going to see yourself on both sides of the fence. And, and our goal is to get on one side of the fence. Can I have a minute? I want to I I walk in humility. I want to be a man known as a man of humility. Anybody else? Because guess what? Favor is attracted to you. People are attracted to you. You grow in favor with God and who? Man. And so this is a long list that I've made. And I'm just going to briefly go down it since it's, yeah, we're in good shape. So here's, here's, here's the list of humility versus pride. People who walk in humility pray and ask for wisdom. Those in pride pray when in a jam and really don't enjoy prayer. Humility, they seek to know God's heart, but in pride we seek to accomplish what they feel is important to them. So they're seeking to get. Does that make sense? Humility prays for others. Pride prays for themselves and their own interests. Yeah, you can take a picture of that if you want. I heard a camera. Humility reads the word to change one's life, to transform their life. When you're in pride, you read the word to be right. 
When you're in humility, you read the word to honor. When you're in pride, you read the word out of guilt, duty, or knowing more than others. Humility, you worship God in reverence. In pride, worship God because it feels good or it is the right thing to do. Humility, you listen to understand. You seek to understand people. You seek to understand God. You're, ask, you're, you're seeking to understand. But with pride, you're not listening, but you're thinking about what you want to say next. I've done that before. Have you ever been in a conversation and you can tell the person ain't listening to a word you're saying because they're already talking about or thinking about what they want to think or what they're wanting to say next? That's pride. Humility asks questions of others. They're seeking to know other people. They're putting others before themselves. Pride talks a lot. All they do is talk, 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 talk. And they interrupt people before they're finished. I have interrupted people before they finish the sentence. It's like, come on, come on, come on. Finish that. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I've got it figured out. I know where you're going. What does that sound like? Man, I've done that. Oh. Everybody just tell yourself, shut up. And listen, right? Let's go to the next one. Humility, slow to speak. Pride has an answer for everything. Humility, always ready to learn. Pride doesn't hear messages because they're critical of the speaker. They could actually do it better. Even pride shows up in worship service. You know, when you're critical of the worship team, that's just pride. When you think you could do it better or you wish they'd do it this way or you wish they'd do it that way, guess what's not good? A spirit of pride is actually taunting you. And if you take the bait, it comes on and God resists you. But when you humble yourself and go, I'm just glad they're up there and they're making a joyful noise before the Lord or that, you know, I wished I was up there preaching. No, no, no. Thank God. Can I have an amen on that? But we've all done it. Humility encourages all where pride dishonors and listens to only those highly respected. I can't tell you how many times people won't show up when they know somebody else is preaching because they don't respect them. A Sunday night when we're having somebody preach the message and they don't show up because they don't necessarily respect that person highly. That's a sign of pride. receives humility receives correction gladly the bible says he who receives correction is wise but pride they become argumentative when corrected or questioned have you ever done that humility takes responsibility pride blame shifts and rarely admits they're wrong they'll blame shift and say well if that person wouldn't have done this then this 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 and this that's just pride talking Humility puts others first. Pride is selfish and not sensitive to others' needs. Humility is enjoyable to be around. Oh my gosh, when you're around somebody that's humble, they are enjoyable to be around. Have you ever noticed that? They're enjoyable to talk with. It's not a one-way conversation. Have you ever been in a conversation and it's one way? Whew, that wears me out. Come on, do I have a witness? But, <laughs> I heard that snort. <laughs> but humility puts others first. And pride is selfish and not sensitive to others' needs. Here's a big one. Oh, I, was it enjoyable? Yes, humility is enjoyable to be around. Pride, the people are often rejected. And many times they have relational problems. They have people don't want to really be around them. And so if you're struggling with people wanting to be around you, there might be a connection to pride. Humility, increased influence. With pride, your influence is actually resisted, and many times people don't want to listen to you. Humility promotes others. Pride promotes self and their agenda. This is long, isn't it? Humility values others' opinions. Pride thinks they are always right. 
all the time. Just ask me. Humility. They notice others' work. They notice what other people are doing. Pride only shares their own accomplishments and what they are doing. Or if they do have an ulterior motive, they'll actually compliment you in order to make you think they're noticing your work, but it's really about making them better. So it's really twisted. Pride is really twisted. Okay, humility, like to give in secret. Pride, like to be noticed and valued for what they do. Humility gives others credits. Pride, easily offended when not appreciated. Humility works better together. Pride believes things would fall apart without them. Don't know anybody like that, do you? If it wasn't for all the that I do around here, nobody appreciates me. By God, if you just appreciate what I'm doing. Humility, secure in their value of who they are. Pride is insecure and critical of self, and they're critical of others. If you're struggling with criticism, I promise you, you're being seduced. Humility, calm when misunderstood. When people misunderstand you, you're calm. You don't have to try to protect yourself. But when in your pride, you get angry when you're misunderstood. I got a few more. I'm really trying to help you identify this. I only know this because I've been there and wore that t-shirt a few times. Humility, no need to protect myself. Pride will lie to preserve their reputation. Humility gives God credit for the win. Pride, selfishly ambitious and need to win and be on top no matter what. Humility can admit mistakes. Pride needs to be right and prove they are correct, even if they have to deceive someone into thinking they're correct. Humility can allow others to lead. Pride prefers leading and resists following. Humility puts others first. Pride, self-serving, serves when it benefits me. So if there's a benefit in it to me, they'll serve. But if there's not a benefit to them, they very rarely serve. And that benefit could be the praise of man. That benefit could be, hey, I might get more people to follow me. It could be whatever. Humility celebrates with others. Pride often is envious and jealous of others' blessings. Humility sees others significant. Pride sees themselves more gifted or more mature. Humility, have a grateful heart where pride they think I deserve more than I have. Just a few more. We're getting ready to land the plane. Is anybody feeling real good about themselves right now? Humility, give praise to God. Pride, struggle with self-pity and victim mentality. Humility, God owes them something, or God owes them nothing. Excuse me, humility, God owes me nothing. Pride complains about how they're treated and what they need. Humility, compassion for the hurting. Pride really struggles to sympathize with others. And they often blame people for the condition that they're in. If you weren't so stupid or if you weren't doing this or you weren't doing that, you wouldn't even be in the situation that you're in. So they struggle with sympathizing with the person that's struggling. And that's pride. Don't laugh too much on that one. Humility. Vulnerable and honest. Pride pretends you're better than you are. Humility, looking to serve others. Pride wants to be served and helped. Wow, that's exhaustive. But I really felt like it was important. I even asked Karen this the other day when I was preparing this. I said, I don't want to beat people up. I want people, but it really is important that we understand the difference between pride and humility so that we know what we need to clothe ourselves with 
Does that make sense? So I'm not trying to beat you up today. I just think that pride is so deceptive that we're in pride more than we think we're in pride. Therefore, we don't have the favor of the Lord on us. That actually we're, we're, we're pushing into God opposing us in our lives, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our th- places with our children, in our co-workers. I mean, if you don't think favor's on you at work, it might be because God is opposing you in your relationships because you're walking in such high levels of pride. And so the only way there has to come this conviction from the Holy Spirit today. There has to come this conviction that, wow, there is something in my life that's operating so that you can change it. It's like the alcoholic. If the alcoholic never comes to a revelation that he's got a problem, he always stays in it. And so there has to come conviction And I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm trying to allow the Spirit of God to to speak to your own individual hearts. Where am I operating in pride? Because when I asked you, when you see the favor of God on your life, that tells you there's some humility in your life in that area. And if you're struggling and and God's opposing you, then that's a sign that, wow, I need to deal with something in my heart. I have to allow the conviction of the Spirit of God to move me from not just being convicted, but to changing. It's like this whole thing that I'm, I'm talking about in the health area. I'm just now starting to be tenderized in my heart and convicted by God about what I'm putting in my mouth. Because of the pride that was in my heart of wanting what I want when I want it. I've not arrived. I'm not there. But there is this breaking that the God is doing in my heart and making me see the pride that I'm walking in. The pride that is withstanding me in my own heart. And that's what God's looking for. God's looking for the conviction to begin to bring repentance to our hearts. To clean the junk out of our, you know, the prophetic word that Jeff had. To clean that stuff out of our lives. To prune us, to purify us. And so that's why I'm sharing this. I'm not trying to beat us up. I'm really asking the Spirit of God, come Holy Spirit and convict us where we're walking in our ways. My wants, my desires, my pride. I call it the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. If you're not answerable to anybody else, if you're not accountable to anybody else, if you get to do whatever you want, when you want to do it, you're living in high levels of pride. But we go back to, oop, I already went to it. The scripture was already up, so I go backwards. So I want to clothe myself with humility towards one another. I don't want to be in opposition to God. Does anybody else? I, gosh, I have been in opposition towards my God in that area of my life. I don't want to surrender. Or if I surrender, I surrender for two, three, four months, and I hop off the wagon. Anybody ever hopped off the wagon? It's like I get up on the cross, and then I get off the cross, and then I get on the cross, and then I get off the cross. Does anybody feel like a yo-yo? I've lost three pounds. I'm on the cross. Karen can testify to you how many times I've been off the cross. <laughs> Can't you, my sweets? Humility asks us to acknowledge our imperfections and to be vulnerable. It requires that we admit when we are wrong and then change the course. It requires putting others first in thought and word and deed. And it avoids 
the narcissistic self-promotion that is evasive in our culture. I'm going to say that again. That was good. Humility avoids the narcissistic self-promotion that is so rampant in our world today. The truth is that no one of us is naturally humble. We become humble. We become it. We, we grow in humility. And therefore, we grow in the favor of God. The truth is, we need a Savior, and we need Him desperately. Can I have an amen on that? And to attract our Savior's favor, favor to your life, you must engage in the process of becoming humble, of becoming and clothing yourself with humility. And you must begin to identify the areas of your life where you're in pride. And so what I'm hoping that you'll do is, the, if you want it online or the, the piece of paper that I made, it actually goes through all those lists. And you really just need to take it and just ask the Lord questions with it. So pride is, I believe, here's, here's what I believe about pride. I believe pride starts all fights, quarrels. I believe it's what causes divorce. I believe it's what causes all most of the problems that we face in our culture today. Because we want what we want when we want it. And I think James bears that out in 4.1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from desires that battle within you? Then he goes on later and says, he says, you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Philippians 2.3 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in lowliness of mind, humility, let each esteem others better than himself. And of course, out of Philippians 2, later it goes into verses 5 through 9, and it talks about the great one, Jesus Christ, who was the great example for us. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to what? Think about what it's saying there. The motivation of Jesus' heart was he did not use his equality with God to be, to be used for his own advantage. But rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every other name. <laughs> if you were to sum up what brings the favor of God, I'm going to continue over the next couple of weeks building this thing of what, what attracts the favor of God and how we can grow in the favor of God. But really when it all boils down to one word, it's the one I have highlighted It's really about his children becoming obedient to him and yielding to his ways. A humble person becomes obedient to death of self. You know, when I started this series last week, I talked about how maturity is expensive. That gifts are free. The gift of salvation is free. But maturing in our salvation is very expensive. And this is really where the rubber meets the road, is if I'm going to mature in humility, it is really expensive because I have to die to myself. And nobody likes to do that. If you were to be, but if we're going to move mountains and we're going to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth and we're going to do the things that God says we're going to do, if we're going to do what Jesus said in John, that greater things will you do than I have done, it isn't going to be people who are casual in their walk with God and come to church maybe once every three weeks. It's not going to be people who are, are, are complacent in their walk with God. It, it, it's not going to be through people who give God part of their time and some they don't. 
It's going to be someone who is diligently seeking after the heart of God. It's going to be someone who is seeking humility and brokenness and getting on their face before God. That's where, um, that's where it's going to come. Because a humble person doesn't seek his own good, but he seeks the good of others and the good of God. And he rejects his own self-sufficiency. Actually, humility is this thing where I give up my rights. I actually give up my rights. I have the right to make millions and millions and millions of dollars and make it all about me and all about my kingdom. But true humility and brokenness gives up my right to have what I want so that he has what he wants. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. So, the action plan. I will warn you before we go to this, I'll get ready to click to the action plan, but I will warn you. This is a painful action plan. You're not going to want to do what I'm putting up here. I don't want to do what I'm getting ready to put up there. Because I'm just a disqualifier. You don't have to do this. But if you want favor to come knocking down your door, if you want the favor of God, if you want to grow in the favor of God, I'm going to assault your and my pride with this action plan. Just warn you. And your flesh will not want to do what I'm getting ready to put up on this board. But I believe it will do something in this congregation to bring the presence and the favor of God to this house and this people and to our sons and daughters and to the generations that go before us and after us. I believe it's going to change things. And here's where it is. The action plan, I want to take down pride in my own life this week. How about you? Here's the part that you won't like. Get an accountability partner who is willing to speak tough truth to you, who knows you well. For some of that, of you, it may be your spouse, maybe a father or a mother, it may be a brother in Christ that you're good friends with. Underline, ask for help. Ask them to be gut honest about the pride that they see in your life. The Bible says wounds from a friend can be trusted. Ask them these questions. Am I hard to get along with? Am I self-focused? Am I selfish? Am I inconsiderate? Do I blame shift? Am I insecure? We know the answer already over here. Am I easily offended? Am I correctable? Do I put others first? Do I bring attention to myself? Literally go down my list of pride statements that we make, where are those gonna be at? They're gonna be on that back table. If you want me to email it to you and you like it in an electronic form, just either email me, text me, or FaceTime me, or face, uh, face Messenger me. And I will give you that list. And go down that list with your accountability partner. Go down that list with your wife. Go down that with your best friend. Ask them if you really want to grow in humility. I'm telling you, you asking for help will attack your pride. And the second thing is to humble yourself and repent. Confess your sin of pride to your accountability partner. Ask God to forgive you and them to forgive you. Go to your family and clean your mess up. Go to coworkers if you've been a real turd at work. <laughs> Go to your church family that you've been at odds against and ask them to forgive you for being a pride ball and walking in selfishness. Then give them the permission to make you aware when you are falling into pride so you can choose to humble yourself. What do you guys think about that? Don't sound so excited. 
<laughs> don't get offended. Because offense is just a sign of pride. Conflict is just a sign of pride. Getting angry is just a sign of pride. Humble yourselves under the almighty hand of God and he will lift you up in due time. The favor of God will overtake you. The presence of God will come upon you. He is attracted to humility. He comes chasing humility. And if you want your life to stink, stay in pride. What I like to do is, this might be hard for the worship team, but that last song, you guys talked about favor. And you sang a powerful song, that last song. I do believe we have the favor of the Lord. I believe that there is some things we're already walking in as a congregation where God's favor is definitely upon us. But I just want us to take some time to just get before the Lord. Is that okay? You guys, you, would you guys like the worship team to do that song again? Okay. Yeah. It's a little exciting song. But it's also a song of surrender. And so if you would stand up with me. And just before they start singing, I just want to pray for us. And I just want to break some things off of us. This has been a heavy message. I shared with you that it would be heavy. Um, I shared that it would be a little painful. And it has been painful for me. But let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for painful words as well as happy words. But Father, you know that we are wanting to move further than where we are as a congregation. You know, God, that we want to bring your kingdom here. We want to bring your kingdom, for your kingdom to come and for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we're seeing in your word that what attracts your heart is humility. And so Lord, this morning we want to humble ourselves, Father. We want to repent and I just want to encourage you guys right now. Maybe, you know, you say it in your own words. But if Mike and Ashley, if they could just play some music for just a few minutes. As we take time to repent. As we take time to ask the God to forgive us of the pride that we've been walking in. After that, what we'll do is we're going to sing this song. Because I believe God's going to break something off of us. And we're going to begin to walk in a new favor. As we repent and begin to turn from the pride that's in our hearts. So, Father, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now. Holy Spirit, bring conviction over this house, over the pride that we've walked in, the, the, the things where we've tried to do things our way, our way of doing things. God, I just ask, Holy Spirit, convict us. Break our hearts. God, break off. I just come against that spirit of pride that wants us to, to, to make it about us. And God, I just ask in my own heart, forgive me for where I've resisted you where I've not obeyed you, where, God, I've, 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 I've wanted my own way. Lord, I just repent, and I ask, God, that you would forgive me. I ask that you would wash me. I ask that you would help me, God, to get my mind renewed in this area, God, that you would, Lord, help us to draw closer to you. God, we surrender to you this morning. We surrender to your ways, and we humble ourselves in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Let's sing to the Lord.